Hello and welcome to Say a Little Prayer Nigeria. My name is Sharon Tanko and I am your host. A common question every individual has asked himself at one point in time is who am I? The second most common question being who do I want to be? These two questions are what this season is all about. Together with the Holy Ghost and by the grace of God, we will explore who we are and our capacity to fulfill who that is. Now, we already know that we as believers have been called to love. But what does God say in us that he would have this unwavering expectation of us? I do hope that you take the time to listen this season and that as you do, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Listen and be blessed. Good evening and welcome. Thank you for tuning in yet again. God bless you for your faithfulness and your willingness to commune with him. This week, the entirety of Ephesians chapter 4 will be taken into consideration. It's almost like a continuing sentence and separation is difficult, if not impossible, honestly. So for this cause, I would suggest that if you're yet to, or even if you have done it prior to, you should take the time out to really read through this particular chapter again. See, just because it's grace doesn't mean that you're off the hook. However, before we begin, shall we say a little prayer? Heavenly Father, as we gather in your name, please be in our midst tonight. Communicate with us, Lord, and guide our hearing. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the last few weeks we've been in Ephesians, we've talked about a lot of aspects of who we are, both in Christ and to the world. We've talked of our status as beneficiaries of God, beneficiaries of his love, his wealth, and his mercy. We've talked of how much we are loved and what value God has placed on us. You see, he values us more than anything that he has. Everybody loves Disney's Hercules. And I mean, honestly speaking, who wouldn't? He was willing to die to save the woman that he loved. But of course, according to the cartoon, he couldn't die because he was a god. It's touching. It's lovely. But it's sort of based on a true story. See, God loves us so much, so much, that he figured out a way for him, the immortal, invincible God, to die in order to save us, to save us from a place that we shouldn't go. But of course, since he's God, he didn't stay dead because he's been 12 steps ahead of the devil since before days existed. But that he rose doesn't take anything away from the fact that he was willing to and did die for you. He just loved you so much that he couldn't stay dead because he wanted to be with you. Over time, we've also talked about grace, his grace and your fate, F-A-T-E. You have been predestined for a grand and wondrous purpose and you have been graced with the ability to carry it out. Your salvation is by grace. Your victory 
is by grace. Everything good that happens to you is because of grace, not because you deserve it, but because God is good and kind to you. And last week, we talked about the power that you have been granted, what power that is and what it is able to do. God put himself, the whole of himself and all of his abilities inside of you to be used at your discretion. But you have to learn how to use it or it will function in spasms. And that is a situation where you have no real control over it. So yeah, control is very much important. And the how of that is something that we may be able to get into this evening, if I'm fast enough. So without further ado, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 to 15. Now, because I don't want to recite the whole chapter, I'll just say this. In the verses before 13, Paul talks about the gifts given to men, you know, and some he made apostles, some evangelists, some prophets, some teachers for the service to God to build the body of Christ. Then 13, he continues to say why these gifts were given. And now I will read verse 13. Until we all reach oneness in the faith, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity so that we are no longer children, spiritually immature, tossed back and forth like ships on a stormy sea and carried by every wind of shifting doctrine, by the cunning and trickery of unscrupulous men, by the deceitful scheming of people ready to do anything for personal profit, but speaking the truth in love in all things, both our speech and our lives expressing his truth. Let us grow up in all things into him, following his example, who is the head, that is Christ. This week's focus is the growing man. Who is a believer? A believer is a person who has accepted the gift of salvation and in doing so has become born again. What does this mean? It means that you as a believer has been granted the highly sought after opportunity to start over. See, everyone has something that they would like to do over if they could go back in time. For the most part, it's wistful thinking, but in reality, God has given us that opportunity. See, born again means starting over. It means starting from scratch. Being born again isn't the end. It is the beginning. When you give your life to Christ, you become a baby believer, a spiritual baby. But now, now you have the right parent, the right teachers, and the right knowledge at your disposal. Honestly, it's wonderful. But like a physical baby, a spiritual baby must grow, and it will grow. The process of growth cannot be stopped, but the direction can be altered. See, we have everything. We have a God that is willing to love us, a brother that is willing to defend us, and a Holy Spirit that is willing to teach us. But we have a will of our own. And we have to be willing to be taught, to be defended, and to be loved. We will not grow right if we are not willing to. Remember how I said that prior to our salvation, we were ruled by an unforgiving, depraved, and cruel master, also known as the devil, commonly referred to as the wicked one. 
and that because that was who our master was, our desires, our lusts, and our cravings were better suited to accommodate him more than us because we were dead before salvation. The thing that makes a man is not the body, but the spirit within the body. No spirit, no man. Dead spirit, dead man. But then God came in and we were made alive for the first time since we arrived on this planet. And it, it felt wonderful. It was overwhelming. But the thing with feelings is that they fade. They can come and they can just as easily go. That is why when you live a Christian life, it's not feelings that you're dependent on. Because we got to that point where the feeling faded. And then we realized that we cannot be now as believers the way we were before salvation. We realized that we would have to change. And that's where the struggle really kicked in. See, we think that who we were is who we are and that God wants to change us. But in actuality, it's in reverse. See, whoever you were before salvation is not who you are. Honestly speaking, how can it be who you are when you were not even alive at that time? Okay, for those of you who don't have kids or grandchildren, can you honestly tell me if they are male or if they are female or if they are doctors or lawyers or musicians? No, because they don't exist yet. So, likewise, you did not exist before salvation. You didn't really exist before salvation. <laughs> you want to know something? You were a vacuum before. You were a chasm. There was an emptiness. For those of us that are old enough to understand it now, we know there was something within us that felt incomplete, felt unsatisfied, like we were waiting, like we were searching, we were vacant. There was, there was a void within us that only God could feel. We tried and we tried and we couldn't feel it. Some of us, we didn't even know what we were doing, that that was even what we were doing until we got saved and we got filled with God. The only being that could possibly fill that void within us, it, it was exhilarating. But the feeling won't last forever. That's why we tend to give our lives to Christ like 20 more times after that, just in case, because the feeling left. The feeling won't stay, because now that you have been born, you have to grow, you have to teethe. It's a painful process, but it's something that you have to do, because milk can only get you so far till it is no longer a sufficient source of nutrients for you anymore. You need meat and veggies and green tea and chocolate and possibly candy every once in a while. All of this is change, an evolution of your person. But just like teething, it can be hard. So you try to resist, you try to go back, you try to stay where you were before. You try to go back to the things that you knew before. Unfortunately or fortunately, your spirit has tasted the good stuff and it knows now that nothing in the world can satisfy it like God. 
So you struggle and you struggle to find a substitute. And the more you struggle, the further you sink. You become worse off because even if your flesh is in denial, your spirit knows what is good for it, what will satisfy it. So you just end up digging a hole in the ground for yourself because nothing will satisfy you like God. And you know it, but you resist it because you don't want to grow, because you don't want to let go, because you are afraid that you will lose yourself. But that's not true. You don't lose yourself by drawing closer to God. You find yourself in Him. There was no you before Him. Even from before time began, we're all once in Him. We existed in Him. Being born again is going back to who we were. That is our origin. God, God is our origin story. Growing in God doesn't change you. It reveals you. The devil just doesn't want you to realize that. But now you do. In your Christianity, in your Christian walk, you have a part to play too. Yes, we were saved by grace and God has had mercy on us. But we have work to do. We must grow and we must grow right. As I said, growth is inevitable. You will definitely grow. But you are the one who gets to choose how you grow. See, even as mortal men, there will come a time that your parents will stop being responsible for how you turned out because you reached an age where the choices, where your choices, where your responsibility, and you should have been able to know enough to make the right decision. Well, we grow in the spirit as well, but our growth part is voluntary. God won't force you to grow right. In fact, in the spirit, there are three growth paths. There is the unbeliever's path, then there is a carnal believer's path, and then there is a spiritual believer's path. And now, all of us, unbeliever, carnal believer, spiritual believer, all of us walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which is this world, because everything here dies. But these three paths have destinations. In fact, there are two destinations for these three paths. Now, the unbeliever is quite unfortunate. Why? Because he doesn't walk alone. The devil is with him. And that's very bad news. Because that's the devil, the evil one, the wicked one. He has no good in him. He wants the unbeliever to be just as miserable and as hopeless as him. And he wants him to arrive as quickly as possible at his expected end, which we all know is hellfire. And it's a place of eternal misery and suffering, a place that the devil himself is destined for. So, yeah, he offers shortcuts to this said destination. No surprise. See, the devil will never lift a finger to help you. And honestly, if he does, please examine it because I can guarantee you that it is not help. It is most likely a cheat code to his ultimate destination. Honestly, it boggles my mind how for like 30 years of success that was already his, by the way, a man could trade his soul for uncountable, unspecified years of misery and torture. Honestly, that man has never made sense to me, but, but this is the path of the unbeliever. It is filled with torture, torment, pain, and misery. 
then there is a growth path for the carnal believer. Still the same valley of the shadow of death, but God is with him and his destination is heaven and that is set in stone. But this carnal believer will voluntarily choose to endure torture, torment, pain, and misery. Not because God abandoned him, but because he refused to ask for help or to even take the help that was offered, thinking that it will alter him. So he fell into every trap, was attacked by every hoodlum and every wild beast, but he refused to change because he thought his life, his choice. See, he ends up getting to his destination a whole lot quicker than most unbelievers get to theirs. Because it's like, it's, it's like a blind man that has been gifted sight. After seeing everything, he thinks that life as a blind man was a whole lot easier. So he binds his eyes by himself and goes ahead to live his life like a blind man, thinking that the blindness made him who he was. You see, he saw all the traps and willingly walked into them. He blames God for everything because he refused vehemently to accept responsibility for his actions. He thought that if he surrendered his will to God, he would become a puppet. So he accepted that God saved him, but he did not accept that God ruled him. Unfortunately, that's a misunderstanding because that's not what surrender means. Surrender means you still have your own will. You just choose to obey God. The decision to obey or to not obey is yours. And this is what the spiritual believer knows. See, he acknowledges God's superior wisdom and his leadership. He lets God lead and he uses his own will to obey God. He walks through that exact same valley, riddled with the same potholes, the same traps, the same hoodlums and wild beasts. But because he listens, he is able to avoid them. His obedience saves him. He is never alone. And if paraventure, for some reason, he sleeps and he falls, he's quick to call for help because he is sure that the help will come. We have to be willing to learn and grow. If, if you saw a 30-year-old man walking around in a t-shirt, a diaper, a bib, holding a feeding bottle, wouldn't you think that there was something wrong with him? Because it's not normal. Well, it's the same thing in the spiritual world. It's not normal to be a spiritual baby adult. You have to grow. But you don't need to be too hard on yourself because it's a process of time. See, you're still growing. Really carefully, we evolve from spiritually immature children to mature believers. There are stages to it. You don't go from baby to adult. You go through a, a process, an entire process. There is the baby to the toddler, to the preteen, to the teenager, to an adult. We go through a spiritual growth process similar to that. So you don't have to be hard 
on yourself that you can't do it you can't do it so you quit and you revert you don't revert you keep pushing because it's a process if you read Ephesians 4 verse 17 to 18 you will see and hopefully you would understand who you were as unbelievers that person you see right there that is what you changed into because of the fall it is not who you are who are you you are a growing believer you are in a process of learning you're in a process of learning who you truly are not who you became when you were dead but who you are alive whoever that person is but it takes time it takes patience and it takes willingness I'll read this and then we'll pray. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 to 27. I'll read. And be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude, and put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature created in God's image, God-like in the righteousness and holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. Therefore, rejecting all falsehood, whether lying, defrauding, telling half-truths, spreading rumors, and any such as these. Speak truth, each one with his neighbor, for we are all parts of one another, and we are all parts of the body of Christ. 26. Be angry at sin, at immorality, at injustice, at ungodly behavior. Yet do not sin. Do not let your anger cause you shame, nor allow it to last until the sun goes down. 27. And do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge, or nurturing anger, or harboring resentment, or cultivating bitterness. I will implore you to meditate on this scripture. Please do so. I guarantee you that as, as you focus on it, as you pray on it, that your path will become very much clearer to you. And you will see the truth more clearly than you ever have before. Shall we say a little prayer? Lord, Thank you for being so understanding. Thank you for explaining that growth is a process and how I grow is up to me to decide. Father, I choose to grow with you, not because I have to, but because I want to. I want to go back to the beginning with you, to learn who I was and why you sent me here because I know that there must be a reason. And I know that the more I grow in you, the more mysteries I will unlock. Be my love, Lord. Be my teacher and my strong tower. I promise that when my strength wanes, that I will lean on you and trust you to hold me up, Lord. Thank you for being so trustworthy. And thank you for listening to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's been a wonderful night. 
Thank you once again for fellowshipping with me. Until next Tuesday by 8 p.m., God bless you. Good night. My name is Sharon Tanko, and I hope you were blessed by this sermon and that it opened your heart to new knowledge from our Father. For those of you who haven't taken that vital step in accepting Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, but would like to do so now, please say this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I know that you went to the cross and died for me. I know that on the third day you rose. I know you did this because you love me. You showed me a deeper love, a love that goes beyond dying and into overcoming death. And now, knowing this, I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my life today, sweet Lord, so that I may be one with the Father. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your forgiveness. And I thank you for this good love. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you just said that prayer with me, thank you and welcome to the kingdom of God. My brother, my sister, God will have his way with you. Now, if you would like to reach out to me, feel free to do so at Say A Little Prayer Nigeria. That is Say A Little Prayer NG both on Instagram and on Facebook. I would love to share and pray with you. If you want to learn more beyond the podcast, you can visit my pastor, Reverend Delison Tanko, both on Facebook and on YouTube. His, his preaching is easy to follow, and it's easier still to grasp and have a deeper, more precise understanding of our Heavenly Father. If this podcast has inspired you and you feel the need to sow a seed into it, you can give an offering at 0140-323659. That is 0140-323659, Guarantee Trust Bank. Or you can give at 151-1321721. That is 151-1321721 at Access Bank. God bless you as you give. God bless you as you give. Now, don't forget to say a little prayer for you and your loved ones. Thank you and stay blessed.